Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1715. Today we're in the House of Muscle. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Pleasant Hills, California. Beautiful place. Uh, sun is out, warm and sunny, with a wonderful guest by the name of Mike Musto. Mike, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely, of course. All right, we'll have some fun. Well, before we uh, do a proper introduction here, I want you to tell my listeners one little thing about you, Mike, that most people may not know. Got my automotive start on a reality show almost 15 years ago. Whoa, and which show was that? It was a show called Bull Run that ran for a couple of seasons back in the day. Think, think of it like a cannonball run style show with a bunch of competition thrown in for good measure. Fun. Well, very cool. Well, you're a veteran now. I mean, you've been doing so many cool things there. <laughs> and let me give you a proper deduction. We're going to jump into your life a little bit here. Mike Musto is the executive producer, host, and director of the New Media at Hemmings. He is a straight-talking, rabid automotive enthusiast who has a deep affinity for all things mechanical. He's been a fixture in the automotive community for over a decade, with over 3,000 articles published both in print and online, in Hot Rod Magazine, Motor Trend, Carcraft, Haggerty, Men's Health, Road and Track, Hemmings. He also has two original automotive series, The House of Muscle and Big Muscle, which has garnered over 75 million views. Holy cow. Mike has a straight shooting, no nonsense style, and he's a trusted consultant and media influencer of OEMs, the aftermarket, and social media. We'll be back in a minute to talk with Mike, but first a word from our partners here at Cars Yeah, our valued sponsors. Give them a listen, give them a little love. Keep your seatbelt on. We're here in the house with Mike. We'll be right back. The best way to protect your vehicles is with a quality-made, custom-fit car cover made by Covercraft. It's the best way to preserve your vehicle along with the meanings, memories, and experiences that they give us. I've been protecting my vehicles with Covercraft since 1975. That's right. You'll find a multitude of options depending upon your individual needs. Indoor covers including form fit, fleece satin, and their unique view shield. Need a cover that will protect your ride outside? Their quality options include Weather Shield, Weather Shield HD, Weather Shield HP, Sumbrella, Reflect, Carhartt, Evolution, and NOAA. Covers for cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, and watercraft are all available. Whether you're looking for rain protection, UV shielding from the sun's damaging rays, breathability, dust protection, snow protection, ding protection, and protection from those paint-destroying bird droppings. Live in a windy area? Covercraft Gust Guards are a must-have option. Worried about theft? They also offer cable locks and built-in grommets that keep your cover safely on your vehicle. Their website makes ordering fast and easy, and their talented customer service department will walk you through any of the questions you might have. They can customize a cover for almost any vehicle. And I've got a deal for you. Use the code ya 120 at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code yeah, Y-E-A-H-120 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. 
All right, Mike, we're back. And as we continue on this journey, I'm going to call your life today. I'd love for you to share a a success quote or a mantra, some kind of uh, words of wisdom that you kind of live by. It's a nice way to get the tire smoking, which is something you love to do. So, Mike, (laughs) grab the wheel. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I, I try to go by is just never say no. Right. I think life is, is a journey. It's all about your experiences. And I think far too often people are just they relegate themselves to their sofa and they they feel the need not to scare themselves and not to get out of their comfort zone. And I think that's the worst possible thing that you can do. So, you know, I think whether it's an automotive or anything, just don't say no. I mean, unless it's like illegal, then maybe say no. But otherwise, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Y- you know, I mean, if if somebody asks you to try something, if somebody asks you to do something and you might think that it's a little out of your comfort zone, do it anyway. It's yeah. all about the experiences. And if you don't make them, then what's the point of going forward? Absolutely. You know, it's a great way to go through life. And we're just a few days away from 2021. Thank goodness. I know. 2020 is almost behind us. Oh, my gosh. We'll talk a little bit about the many challenges we've all had this year. And I love this whole concept. I had a guest on my show a couple of years ago, and her goal every January 1st was to set a New Year's resolution to fail a hundred times in the new year. And when she first said that, I said, okay, why do you want to do that? She goes, because it meant I tried a hundred new things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What a great way to go through life. So never say no. Yeah. Next time an offer comes in front of you, just think the name Mike Musto and say to yourself, don't say no. Mike wouldn't say no. Right. Yeah. Just give it a try. Well, let's talk about your career because you've done a lot of very cool things. You're a producer, you're a host, you're a director. Uh, You've got this thing called House of Muscle and Big Muscle. So tell me what gets you excited and fired up every day to get up and have some fun around cars. I mean, the biggest thing is the people in the hobby, right? We can all talk about new cars and we can talk about the mechanics of them. And that's honestly not what interests me. It's always been the person and the individual behind the wheel. It's always been their story because that's what vehicles have always been used for. If a vehicle just sits still, well, there are no stories attached to it. Yet if you do something with it, do something fun with it, that's what I want to know about. I want to know if you're if you brought your kids home from the hospital, if you got into an accident, if you got your first speeding ticket, if you took it racing, if you went off road. They're vessels by which stories are made. And so that's honestly what I try to focus on is telling the story of the person that just subsequently owns a car. A lot of times it doesn't matter what that vehicle is. You could have a 72 Pinto, but if you've got some great stories attached to it, then I want to know about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. So tell my listeners, maybe there's a couple out there, probably not too many, that don't know a lot about you and the House of Muscle and Big Muscle. What are you doing there? How can people access it? And uh, what are some of the crazy stories that maybe you've uncovered during your process here? I mean, a lot of the stuff, you know, when when I created the House of Muscle, that was back on the Drive channel. And then we did, or I'm sorry, Big Muscle was on the Drive channel years ago. And then House of Muscle was on Motor Trend. And then I I did it off on my own. And then now I'm actually at Hemmings. Um, So we're going to be launching a whole bunch of stuff there. But it's always about, I've driven so many different cars. And obviously my concentration is basically muscle cars, right? So I've driven everything from the 1920s all the way up to brand new stuff, stuff with 27 horsepower all the way up to 2,500 horsepower. Oh my gosh. You know, so I've kind of run the gamut in driving just about every combination out there and it's always new. It's always fun. It's always exciting. I think the biggest thing is understanding the amount of passion and and blood, sweat, and tears that kind of people put into their rides. Yeah, You can't judge, I don't think you can ever judge anybody by their car, whether, or their vehicle, whether it is a, a, you know, a $500 vehicle or a $500,000 vehicle, because to them, it is their passion. It is their, their kind of life. And you have to understand why. And the first thing 
you know, the, the way you do that is by asking this simple question to them and what does this car mean to you? And then the stories come out and that's how you develop relationships. And that's how I, I based my whole career on that. Well, it obviously has worked really well. Well, now you're with Hemmings and I found it really kind of cool because we, most of us who are diehard car people our whole life, we know Hemmings. I mean, it's like the Bible. Mm-hmm. You got the Hemmings book every month and subscribe for many, many years and you go through it and hours and hours of finding all this magical stuff you never even know you needed, but now you obviously mm-hmm. do, right? So yep. Hemmings, like many publications, are realizing that the challenges with print media, you've got to be a lot more today. So I would assume their concept here is to bring you on board and offer a bigger, broader relationship with their readers now with a visual presentation, right? Yeah, that that's pretty much exactly what we're doing. So, and it was, it's a very kind of, kind of an odd full circle type of thing. You know, back in 2010, I, I've got a 69 Daytona replica that I had built and it actually won muscle car of the year at Hemmings 10 years ago. And this was before I was really even doing video, doing anything. Um, I had just really started out in the business and they just so happened to really kind of like my car and they picked it. And then 10 years later, I'm actually on there as their <laughs> director yeah. of new media. And it's it's a really, it was a really kind of fun juxtaposition where I got to to work for this brand and come on board with this brand that has meant so much to me over the last 10 to 15 years of my life. You know, and it's it's just odd. So when I came on, yes, the whole the whole goal is to into twenty twenty one and 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 on is to give Hemmings that visual presence that might not be seen in print, right? So it's video. We have our own podcast now. Twenty twenty one, we're coming out with a host of shows of video programming that I really think people are going to love. And a lot of that is to keep the existing Hemmings audience, but then get their kids and get their grandkids and get their friends and make content that you can sit down with, with your entire family and go, this is really cool. This is what I want to see. And it's, it's basically stuff for your entire family. It's not so automotive centric based that your partner is going to go, ah, I don't feel like watching this. Everything will have a fun story attached to it, which is really cool. Oh, nice. And where will people find this visual content to enjoy it? Uh, everything will all be, will be on our Hemmings YouTube channel starting in 2021. Yep. Wow. Exciting. Well, you've got your hands full. When did you realize that doing what you're doing now was really the right career path for you at this time? Oh, wow. You know, back in, in 2001, I I used to be a, um, a VP at a, uh, an investment bank in lower Manhattan and, in 2001, the obviously 9/11 happened. The buildings came down, and I was actually down there for that unfortunate event. Oh gosh! And you know, it, it makes you reevaluate. Um, it makes you kind of take a step back. And I think that everybody around the world has has some type of memory of that day. Uh, mine is a lot more vivid than I think anybody else who was who wasn't a New Yorker in the city at that time. And it just made just it made me stop and just go, what the hell am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And I was working in a cubicle ever, or working in an office every day. I was dealing with stuff that I didn't want to deal with and people that I didn't want to work with. I was taking the New York City subway and it took me a little while. But after that event, I said, I have to change stuff. And I was always a car enthusiast. And I, I literally walked home and I looked at my wife and I go, I think I'm going to try to find a way to play with cars for a living <laughs> and literally had no plan, no plan wow. whatsoever. Yeah. And just said the hell with it. I quit my job. I jumped in with both feet and I gave, like everybody's always says that, you know, how did you do this? And I said, it's really easy. I said, I gave 10 years of my life away for free before I made my first dollar. Oh 
Yeah. You know, I love your story, Mike. And it's it's really important to me because it's one of the things that Cars has all about, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, people that have figured out a way to wrap this passion that we have for automobiles into their lives. And I have so many friends that are very successful people, very high level people. They're making tons of money, Mm -hmm. but they really work for the weekend and they work even worse for retirement. Oh, that day down the road, I'm going to get to spend my day in the garage and playing. And I'm thinking, what if you don't get there? Yeah. What if that day never comes? And it's a morbid way to think of it, but I I believe, I know, having dealt with that terrible, terrible day and the days following in New York City after those buildings came down, boy, what a way to change your perspective. Talk about a paradigm shift in a major yeah. way. Holy <laughs> <It> cow. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I'm so proud of you because that is a very, very difficult thing to do is to take that bold step. I always say it's a very bold and brave step to take that career plunge. And it's like when I started this podcast, people looked at me like, you're going to do what? Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I said, well, I'm going to give it a shot. You know, maybe I'll try it for a little bit. And here we are six and a half years later, 1,715 shows yeah. later. And you kind of go, Whoa, what happened? Even I, I even right. had my own TV show last year. COVID kind of killed it this year, but uh, at least it didn't kill me. So that's a good thing. Right. And it can come back. It can always make that happen. What is the favorite thing you do about your career right now? What just is the most favorite part of it for you? Oh, God. I, I think it's the fact that I, I do, I, I get to the privilege of doing stuff that very few people get to do. You know, when I, when I first started my career, it was, and I first started filming video and whatnot, I would go up to people and I'd be like, hey, my name is Mike Musto. I'm, I'm trying to start the show. I would really like to drive your car. And they would look at me and be like, excuse me? Get away because from Because as, as, as you know, and as every other automotive enthusiast know, like cars are very sacred. Like you're not going to let some stranger that comes up to you randomly drive your automobile. Right. And now the fact that I get hundreds of submissions every month from literally around the globe of people going, I would really love for you to come drive my car. Isn't that incredible? Is, is, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a really amazing feeling. And I mean, I think the best thing is, and you can never lose sight of it, it's truly a privilege, right? Yes. When, when somebody lets you drive their automobile that you know is a member of their family or you know that they've built with a family member or they've gone through life with this thing, it really, really is a privilege. And- you always have to keep that in the back of your head. And that's how you have to talk about the vehicle. And that's how you have to tell the story. And if you lose sight of that, then there's no reason. I wouldn't be doing this if I if I did do that. Yeah, when somebody tosses you their keys, it, it is a privilege. And for those of us who love cars, very few people I would toss the keys of my car to. Right. Mike, you'd probably be one of those guys, but uh, not, I appreciate not too many people. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, my wife won't even take the keys. I've offered, but she was like, I'm not driving your car. No, thank you. No, thank you very much. Well, I always like to ask my guests about a big challenge they faced, even a failure. And you talked about the huge challenge being in New York City for that day and how it shifted your perspective on the world and your life. But is there something you might share with us that taught you a really valuable lesson that helped you move forward in a positive way? Yeah, I think it's honestly, it's it, just failing. I mean, I, I failed it a hell of a lot more than I've ever succeeded at. And I think one of the biggest things you have to be willing to do is, is exactly that. You can't bank on any one thing, right? You could take a shot at a million things, but you're never going to succeed at a million things. I mean, if you are, then give me the formula because I don't know what it is. Right. But everything that you try and you fail at, it just goes into your portfolio. And you know, you, you constantly have to kind of just shut up, listen to other people and, and what they have to tell you. And just keep pushing forward. You, I think you can always have that one set goal. And, and that goal might not be defined out of the gate. You might not know what it is. I mean, when I 
when I had left my job in lower Manhattan, I didn't know video was a thing because at the time it wasn't a thing, mm. right? The internet was still quite young and there was YouTube was quite young. Nobody was doing this type of thing, but you find yourself a niche. And as soon as you can do that, and you know, my, my father always used to tell me, he was like, you know, if you think something is great or you think something is cool, odds are there's going to be a bunch of other people that are going to think the same thing. You just have to figure out a way to convince them that it's the right path. And so then that's kind of, you know, that's what I try to do. You just go out there. And like I said, if, if I had been successful at everything, it would have been amazing. But my God, if I failed at so many things and that's okay because I'm, I'm here today and it's, it's, it's a good thing. Well, it just means you tried a lot of things. You know, I, I've over my years, different careers hired a lot of people. And one of the questions, you know, the typical questions, well, tell me what you haven't been successful at. And so many people would sit there and go, well, I've been pretty, oh, pretty good at everything, you know, and, yeah. and you feel like saying, so you've really never tried much, right? Is that, what, right? is that what you're telling me? But I get it because people are afraid to fail because they're afraid to look bad in front of people. I think one of the great things that I've learned interviewing so many people is that, and I've heard this from many people I've interviewed from a around the globe, people outside of the United States, because mm -hmm. they've, almost all of them have said, you folks in the United States have an interesting outlook on life. You're not afraid to screw up. No. And I'll never forget this thing. Well, what do you mean? Well, it's like Americans are okay with messing up. In our, This was a gentleman from Great Britain. He said, in Great Britain, we have a stiff upper lip. I mean, you never talk about your failures. You would never tell anybody you screwed up. It's a cultural thing. But you guys over there, you're like, you love to screw up. <laughs> I said, well, well, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if we yeah, love it, it, but we try. I don't think you love it, but I think it goes back to the never say no. Yes. Right? You you have to try stuff. And if you fail at it, okay, fine. You gave it a shot. You fail. Nobody comes in first every race, right? No, Nobody goes to the gym on the first day and comes out looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is it's that why build. it's never worked for me? That's why. I mean, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where it takes time and it takes dedication and it takes perseverance. And then if you're lucky, if you're really lucky and you have the right group around you that that believe in you, then maybe you'll make it. But then again, maybe you won't. So then you pick something else and you keep on trying. That's all. Yeah. It's never too late to start over. That's for sure. Nope. Yeah. Just give it another shot. Well, this is a great conversation. We're going to take a short break and thank our sponsors. And we come back, Mike, I want to dive into your history with cars, your passion for cars. I mean, your whole life right now is around cars. What a fortunate guy. So keep <laughs> your seatbelts on. We're going to be back with Mike in just a minute. And I want to know about that 1927 muscle car. Hmm. I wonder what that was. <laughs> we'll be right back. American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. Yeah, the one I call my orange crush. When it came time to renew my policy, my carrier jacked my rates up, even though I'd been with him for years. I'd never made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? Adios. So I started shopping around and kept hearing about American Collectors Insurance from fellow automotive enthusiasts, friends, and folks in the car industry. I did some investigating and learned that American Collectors Insurance have been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I'm not a price shopper when it comes to insurance. I want to be able to sleep at night. I also want agreed value protection for my special ride. With an agreed valued policy from American Collectors Insurance, I'll be paid what my vehicle's full agreed value is. A number I set with the insurer at the start of the policy so I know there will be no surprises about what my car's value is, should something terrible happen. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH, that's 866 866 
224-9324 and protect the ones you love. Make sure you tell them Mark sent you. You'll be glad you did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Mike, we are back. And I always ask my guests to share a story that instigated the personal passion you have for cars. For some of it started when you were little. Some people, it started later in life. But what was that pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were a bit of a car guy? Wow, I think... um... It was the sound. Uh, it was the sound of engines. I mean, I, I grew up in uh, early on in, in Brooklyn and right by the Veronzano Bridge in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. And, and we always used to hear kind of, it was a big time with the muscle cars back then. And people used to tow them under the Verrazano Bridge, close out down the Bell Parkway and go racing. And so you would always hear this, you know, this just thumpity thump of the cams and, you know, these raspy things. And you would see basically like a real life Hot Wheels cars. Think of like a, a 70 Nova that was jacked up with a rake on it and side <laughs> oh, yeah. pipes and a set of Kragers on it. And it was, it was, it was honestly these real life cartoon characters these real life matchbox cars that i would see when i was a kid and this was you know in in the 70s and it was that's the thing that just caught me because to me they weren't real they were superheroes and it was like how do i how do i touch those how do i become those and i always thought that everybody that i saw driving them they they look like they were just having so much more fun than everybody else that was around them (laughs) and i was like i need i yeah i need to be a part of this and i think that's you know, that's what it was. And I think I've had, God, probably thousands of Hot Wheels cars and Matchbox cars as many kids do. And I, I don't come from a car family. It's just, you know, my, my father was somewhat of an enthusiast, but not to the level that that I'm at. Yeah, it's just something that you, that you see and you resonate with. And I'm glad I got, I'm glad I got the bug early. No because kidding. It, it, yeah, it helped me pave the way. Definitely. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special vehicle? That vehicle you finally got and you went, oh man, I've wanted this for so long. I'm there. Oh, uh, that, that was my charger. Um, I have a, a 68 charger that I've had for almost 20 years. And that, that, that's the car for me. I mean, that's, uh, that's the one, that's the car I've always wanted. And I was finally able to get it. And I've had, I don't know how many dozens of cars since that car, but it's the only one that'll always stay. Yeah. The keeper, as we say. Mm-hmm. That is the keeper. That's correct. Yeah. You know, there's something about that era of car. Now, when I think back to the 68 charger, that's got the covered headlights, right? It does, correct. Yeah, and uh, you know the size of that thing—it was one of those beasts it, because it was bigger than some of the other muscle cars or the pony cars, let's say, or the Camaros or whatever they might be. It just had a stance about it, and especially the way the back end came down, mm-hmm. it just had a a feel. And I remember some of them having that stripe around the back. Yeah, you know, it came up the fender yeah. across the back deck. If, I, if I'm thinking about the right car, right? No, you, you're thinking about it. That's so. Yeah, mine is black with a red tail stripe, oh, and it's okay. um, <laughs> you know, it's just a, it's a, you know, I think that three year period from '68 to, to '70 for so many cars that were made in the U.S. It was just an iconic time, and I think some of the best automotive design came out of those three to kind of five years. If you go to the early '70s, and you know, the Charger was just, it was always sinister. It was just that that car that you would look at and you'd go, I probably don't want to mess with that guy or that that woman or whomever is driving that vehicle. It to me, it's one of, if not the most beautiful muscle car ever to come out of Detroit. Yeah, and of course, we all remember that wonderful uh, chase scene in Bullet, where the oh the god, bad yeah. guys in that Charger are, are bouncing off the hills in San mm-hmm. Francisco. Yeah, most definitely. Well, I love. 
The black with the red stripe. I mean, no kidding. That's a keeper car for you. Very cool. Well, I'm going to crawl on your head a bit here, Mike. A little bit of an introspective question. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, now this isn't what you want to be. This is your personality manifest into a vehicle. What would Mike Musto be? And more importantly, why? Oh, I think it would be the, my charger. Just because I think so much of myself is in that car, mm. right? And you, and you look at it, and I think any owner that's owned something for a number of years can relate to this, right? I, I look at that car, and that car I put, God, close to 70,000 miles on it. I've, I've driven it across the country three times. I've raced it in events. It used to literally used to be my on-track road course car before I was got wiser and was like, I probably shouldn't do this anymore. And it's just it's got a lot of battle scars on it. The front is all chipped up and yeah, it's got leaks here and there and some of the gauges don't work. And, you know, from the outside, it looks great. The paint is still shiny, but it's got a couple of, you know, a couple little imperfections and it's, it's tired and it, it's kind of like its owner, <laughs> but <laughs> I, you know, but we've, we've taken this journey together and that car is literally the reason I do what I do today. Yeah. So what a, what a great yeah. story. Well, you're a fortunate guy. I've, I've met and spoken to so many people that didn't keep cars and let them go and then really wish they could have them back. So uh, yeah. don't ever sell them. That's yeah, the problem. I mean, find I that, find that one and don't ever sell it. Yeah, there you go. Some of us are always still looking for that one, but, uh, mm -hmm. I, I understand. All right, Mike, we're going to enter. Oh, you know what I should have asked? I didn't ask you. I led into it with a segue there. You mentioned a 1927 20s muscle car. How would you define them? We all think of muscle cars as late fifties, maybe sixties. How would you define a 1927 muscle car? What would that be? Oh God. You know, it, it's the, Speeds have changed so much over the years, right? So yes. when you when you think of like a Model T and the first person to jump behind the wheel of a Model T and do 22 or 25 miles an hour. You thought he was going you know, fast. <laughs> that's that's booking. When you're talking, yeah. you're running around on like wheels that are with wooden spokes and tires that are, are you know, pizza cutters. And, you know, it's I've driven a, a host of them. And just the process by which you have to, you got to move the stator and you have to do this. You've got to crank it by hand in the front. They're terrifying. They're utterly terrifying to drive. <laughs> at, at, at 30 miles an hour, driving a Model T is akin to, you know, getting in a, a, a 2000 horsepower super and stepping on the gas for the first time because you don't know how anything works, but they're all fun. And it goes back to the whole experience level, right? Some are amazing. Some are terrible, um, but they're all fun. Yeah. I mean, I will never turn down a ride in anything because you never know what the experience is going to be like. Oh, I know. I spent a day, I was at the Ironstone Concours a few years ago, and I got invited to go on their tour. And I rode along with a gentleman who owned a 1917 Indianapolis 500 race car. Oh, God. Yeah. And it was interesting and terrifying and exciting, and I'll never forget it. You're so vulnerable. And as we were driving just on the roads, I'm thinking, if this guy crashes, we're dead. I mean, you're, mm -hmm. you're so high. But I'm thinking, some guy, actually, in that car that he had, it raced in multiple races over the course of several years, and he still races it in vintage racing today. I'm thinking, those guys that climbed into this thing and drove them at 70, 80 miles an hour. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, it, I had filmed, uh, I think it was a 1927 model T and it was, it had a blown big block, a big block Chevy in it. It made something like six or 800 horsepower. <laughs> it had what? skinnies in the front and big fat meats on the back and, a, and like a tiny hoop for a roll cage. Yeah. And it was, it was terrifying. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, you would jump on this thing and it would rear up on his haunches wow. and it would, it would track straight. 
And then you would get off. And because the tires were so big, it would just dance. The back end would dance. And I, I said, how fast did you guys used to run this thing? And they were like, oh, yeah, we ran like, you know, 10 twos, 10 threes. And I go, are you insane? <laughs> because, you know, today we we get in vehicles and everything is just so good that right. you could you could buy a 10 second streetcar right now. And yeah. it's it's not that uncommon. And I said, are you insane? He goes, Mike, we didn't even know any better. He goes, we just wanted to go fast. And this is what we had. Yep. Yeah. So you go, okay, makes sense. Yeah. And honestly, like I probably would have done the same thing. So you go, man, makes sense. I'm guessing you would have. All right, Mike, we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off some relatively quick questions, get some quick answers from you, some nice blips of that 68 Charger throttle that you know <laughs> so well. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in life? This is really simple. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's really, you know, I, I, I really think that's, that's a big part of it. Be nice. Yeah. Just be nice to people. Be humble. If somebody helps you help them, I think that in this industry in particular, you know, that's, you have so many egos that are dancing around trying to get to that next level. And, you know, in the, in the time of social media, people post things and they say things and they act a certain way because they think that's what the public wants. And they're not, they're, they're pandering as opposed to being true to who they are as an individual. So honestly, it takes effort to be an ass. It's really easy to be nice. <laughs> Unfortunately, and, and, I've probably met a few people that seemed like it was effortless for them. But yeah, uh, yeah, you kind of scratch your head and go, why do you have to act like that? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just be nice to people. Be I, nice. Yeah, definitely. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, and I know you've spent time with some amazing people, but somebody maybe you haven't, who would it be? I probably haven't met them yet, to be honest with you. I think, you know, I, my favorite people to talk to, like I'll go to car shows by myself and generally what I'll do is I'll walk around by myself and with, I'll find somebody that I think looks interesting and I have conversations with them. And that could be the oldest gentleman with the longest gray beard sitting next to whatever it is, or that five-year-old kid that has saucers in his eyes because he just heard something <laughs> start up. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, I think again, so many people are just out to make a career for themselves as opposed to kind of trying to foster the hobby as a whole. And I think you need to talk to people who are entrenched in this hobby that are not in the media world. I think you need to listen to their side of things and their story and ask them questions about why they got into this hobby and why they're still in it after so many years. And then on the flip side, look at those kids and ask them why they got excited when they saw that, you know, that 68 Charger or that Nova or, right. you know, a Supra, it doesn't matter, you know, just figure it out and ask them because it's only going to help you grow as, as a journalist or as a host or, you know, a presenter or whatever the case is. It just figure out why other people like this hobby and it'll just help you out. So I don't know. That's a really tough question. I, I, I don't think I've met that individual yet. Well, I get to do it every day here, Mike, and I'm doing it with <laughs> you here today. It's one of the joys of my job. I like to say that doing this podcast here on Cars Yeah is like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. I never know what I'm going to get. Most people I've never spoken to until that phone rings, and it's just a joy to learn oh, about great. their lives. Yeah, I'm very, very lucky, very fortunate. Now, when it comes to automotive advice that someone else has offered you, could be anything mm -hmm. relating to automobiles, what was that? respect everybody and respect everybody else's vehicle because you never know what they're dealing with behind the scenes. You know, that's yeah, straight and simple. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I, I, I saw somebody, this was back in Brooklyn and they were washing a really, hey, it had to be a 6162 Impala and it was all rusted and they were washing. And I looked at my dad and I go, why the hell would they wash that piece of garbage? My, my dad got mad. He looked at me, he goes, don't ever disrespect anybody else's anything 
because you don't know what their story is. And to them, it might be the greatest thing in the world. You know, it's really true. And I've learned even vehicles that I might not have an interest in, if I just go up and start talking to the person, they give me a whole new perspective. And all of a sudden, oh, I do like those vehicles. I never Mm -hmm. knew that about those vehicles. So yeah, but it's that respect thing. So, so important. Now, when it comes to resources, there are so many great resources for us these days. Is there one in particular that's a go-to for you? It depends on what it is. I mean, you know, I think there are so many, the world has gotten a lot smaller with, you know, smaller with the advent of the internet. But I mean, I, I honestly still like going to shows and swap meets and talking to people with the knowledge as opposed to getting on the phone and talking with somebody at a parts store that is just reading from a catalog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think you need to ask people about, you need to find people and like Instagram is a great resource for this. Look at things that people are building, ask them questions about why they use that part, what their experiences are. If they're real enthusiasts, they're going to tell you what those experiences are, whether good or bad. So yeah, I honestly, I think we have the best resource in the world, which is just the general public and social media just makes it as easier to access them now. Absolutely. And I'm going to toss one in here. Hemmings. They're a pretty good resource. Yeah, Hemmings, <laughs> Hemmings isn't bad. I mean, we, we've got the, the, the stuff that we we have still amazes me between the auction and the classified section and just the big book of parts. It's quite astonishing to be honest, what you could find in there. <laughs> well, see, it, it just is. It's they kind of been around a while, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. They've been around for 50. No. Well, since 54. So, yeah. you know, 65 plus years. Yeah. yeah a they, long they, time. they know, they kind of know what they're doing. Yeah. They, they kind of, kind of know what they're doing. <laughs> well, they're pretty smart. They bring you on board. I'll tell you that. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read, maybe one this year, a new book you've read that you'd like to share? Uh, it's not a new book. It's just one of my favorite books. I don't know if anybody out there is, is familiar with an author by the name of Nelson DeMille, but he wrote a book called The Gold Coast years ago. And it's it's my go-to when I ever I just need kind of an escape. It's just, it's fun. It's jovial. He's one of my favorite authors, has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with automobiles. But it always makes you smile, and the guy tells an amazing story. Absolutely. I'll make sure I put that book and all the great resources Mike has shared with us today on his very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, click on Mike, or enter Mike Musto, M-U-S-T-O, and his page will pop right up while you're there if you haven't already subscribed. Subscribe. I'll send you my ebook, and uh, your name will be in the hat for a lot of the cool things I give away here on Cars Yeah. All right, Mike, we're up to the checkered flag. Now, I'm going to alter this question for you a little bit because there's one of the rules here that will make it that you've already answered, and that is I'm going to buy you a cool collector car today. I tell all my guests this. You can pick anything you'd like in the world. It doesn't matter what it is, but the rules are going to make things easy for you because one of them is it's the only collector car you can have. So for you, Mike, because you're special, I'm going to move that car you have out of the collection here. You can park it (laughs) behind the garage so nobody sees it. We'll just say this is something new to put in your garage because you're such a nice guy. Uh, But you can't sell this thing to buy a bunch of other toys with. And I want you to enjoy it and drive it. No garage queens or dust collectors allowed here at Cars Yet. So so what am I going to buy for Mike Musto today? Oh, it would be a 1972 Lamborghini Miura SV. Oh my gosh, we're going Lambo, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, one of my bucket list cars, uh, I've had the luxury of driving one some time ago, and I just, it was like, oh my gosh, this thing is insane. Uh, What is it about the Miura that you love so much? Uh, it's the lines. I think that it's, you know, it was it was the first mid-engine supercar, and it was designed by a bunch of 20-something-year-old kids that pen this extraordinary shape and this this form and it to this day i think 
you know, where I look at the Charger and I go, this is one of the most beautiful American cars ever made. You know, I look at the mirror and go, this is one of, if not the most beautiful car ever made. Yeah. And it, it's like a sculpture. I mean, it's just, it doesn't have a bad line on it. It's stunning. Can you imagine being a fly in the wall in uh, Enzo Ferrari's office when he got a glimpse at that? Oh, would have been amazing. <laughs> he, was on, he, he probably pulled in all of his designers say, okay, guys, what have you been up to? Yeah. Maybe not, but I, you know, that car is so, so cool in so many ways. It's just, uh, it's a delight. What color would you like yours to be? Because they made some really cool colors back in the 70s. They did. I would probably go, they they almost have like a burnt orange. I, th- yeah. I saw one that was almost like a burnt orange with a gold or a bronze um lower half and bronze Campagnolo wheels. And it's just, that's the one that always kind of sticks with me. And it's, um, and I honestly, I mean, I actually have a friend with one and I I should ask him to, to take a ride in it, but it's that unicorn, right? It's that car that you almost never want to drive or get in because it's, you don't (laughs) want to meet your heroes sometimes. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a local friend of mine up here in the Northwest that has some amazing cars. Many, uh, several of his cars have won the biggest prize at Pebble Beach, John Shirley. And he had one on the lawn last year. I won't say this Mm. year, but last year, obviously nothing this year. Uh, That was a beautiful orange color with kind of a whitish cream Mm -hmm. interior. And his cars are all over the top insane. They're restored by Butch Dennison here in the Northwest. He does a marvelous sure. job. And yeah, I, I'd seen him in orange before, but uh, there was one I saw actually the day I met Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago at his home huh. there. There was a car show going on. I was there. I was part of Cavallino. And there was a blue one with a white creamish colored interior that was pretty extravagant as well. That was just, ah, uh, they're good in any color, right? Oh, yeah. They're stunning. They're always stunning. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll get to work. That's going to cost me a pretty penny here today. (laughs) But for you, Mike, anything, uh, I'd be happy to park one of those in your garage. You've taken me on a wonderful ride today. You know, I want to do a shout out to our mutual friend, Terry Wilson, for introducing me to Mike. Terry's just an awesome guy. He has introduced me to so many cool people. If you missed my talk with Terry, he's been a guest here on Cars Yeah. So he and Mike are Cars Yeah alumni now. Uh, Before I let you go... Would you share one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the highway in that beautiful burnt orange Lamborghini Miro? Sure. Be nice, stay humble, shut up and listen. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Pretty simple. That's easy. Yeah, the, the rules of life by Mike Musto. They work really well, by the way. What's the best way for people <laughs> to keep up with you, Mike, and follow along with all the fun you're having? Uh, I guess social media. I mean, um, Mike underscore Musto at Instagram, MD Musto on Facebook and Twitter. And then you can also follow a a whole bunch of our stuff at Hemmings.com. Yeah, absolutely. I guarantee you're going to have fun there. Check it out. Their YouTube page. Mike is going to have one hell of a 2021. I can see it coming right now. You can find everything on Mike's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Again, just type Mike Musto, M-U-S-T-O, right into the search bar and everything will pop up. Thanks again, Terry, for introducing me. Mike, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and your amazing outlook on life. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Uh, Mark, thanks so much. Absolute pleasure to be here. Looking forward to coming back. This has been great. I appreciate it. Kevin Buckler is a winning racer and team owner of the Racers Group. He has over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans. Kevin realized the racing world is about the people and founded Adobe Road Winery. He and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own with a racing twist. Just like in racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, 
engineering, science, superb taste, all blended together with a whole lot of fun. There are four carefully crafted blends with race-inspired names. Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. When you purchase all four, you get the entire lineup in a beautifully designed gift box. There's a printed description of the blends inside the box lid, and every bottle is parked in a protective die-cut placeholder. The bottles feature three-dimensional labels, and I promise you'll want to keep them after enjoying these delicious wines. The box is so cool, you'll want to keep it too. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiasts in your life, and I have a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word, all caps, at checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wine from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout for $10 off on your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence, with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYAT today to get your deal. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!